Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action, and joining me, as always, is my friend and professional NHL better. You know him as so many sports. And as always, we like to kick the show off with a bang and give out our favorite underdogs. And most of the time, I, I started off since I'm the host. But I can't let you not start this show with uh, the dog you're picking for Tuesday, January 4th. So I'll turn it over to you. Oh, and is it ever a dog here? So uh, we're going to go with the uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, they still trend well defensively, um, even though even though they haven't been getting the getting the results lately. And with the with with the Jets um, off the win against the Knights, which even though they they blew the lead in the third there, it was still if you watch that game, it was a it was a pretty lucky win for them. There were large portions of that game where they still looked like they were they were kind of finding their legs after the time off. This should set up to be a low-scoring affair, and in that situation, um, I want to uh, take a shot with the big dog here. Yeah, I'm with you on the Coyotes. Uh, 16th in expected goals against, but 30th in goals against. So their defense has actually been better than expected. It's not good. I mean, they're middle of the pack, and they can't score to save their lives. But, you know, this is hockey, so weird stuff will happen. And if they can find a way to generate chances against a leaky Winnipeg Jets defense, they should have a chance in this one. My favorite dog for Tuesday night is New Jersey. They're above two to one plus 215. They're taking on Boston in Boston. The Bruins are minus 270. I like the Devils for a couple of reasons. They, they do generate scoring chances at a pretty good clip. Their defense is very leaky, but the Bruins don't score enough to really scare me. And, and they do not score enough for me to ever feel comfortable laying this kind of number. And then you throw in the fact that the goaltending is sort of a wash in this one, as long as Mackenzie Blackwood gets to start for New Jersey. Jeremy Swayman and, and Linus Olmark have not really, neither one of them has run with it, uh, run with the job in Boston yet. Uh, so I, I'll take a shot here on a big dog. I don't think the Bruins will be able to get margin here. And I think the number is just too big to pass up on a team. Like we talked about a couple of times, this New Jersey Devils team is due for some better results when you look at their underlying metrics compared to their actual goals scored and goals against numbers. So give me New Jersey plus 215, bring on the pain. 
Uh, do you have anything for Boston and New Jersey before we dive into the rest of the board? Yeah, so uh, so a couple of notes on this game. Uh, we do need to proceed with caution here because the Sabres, who played the Bruins on Saturday, might have some COVID concerns. Uh, so we'll need to wait for the Bruins at test results on Tuesday morning. I do generally agree with you. The, the Bruins have been an under team all season, but they are transitioning away from that as they become healthier and are showing the ability to generate offense uh, more consistently. Um, and as for the Devils, they've been a mess defensively pretty much the whole season now. Um, I do have some interest in the over here, but depending on the Bruins' um, potential COVID situation, um, we'll make that determination on, on Tuesday morning. With that, we'll move on to the main part of the program and dive into the slate at large. We'll kick it off with Tampa Bay. They're minus 180 on the road, traveling to the Blue Jackets, plus 145. The over-under here set at five and a half. Tampa Bay is going through a little bit of a wobble right now. I don't think they're playing terribly, but they are losing games. They lost two to the Rangers, uh, one in overtime, and then one in regulation where they got shut out by Igor. I don't have any betting interest in this game, but I do think that if, if you are some, hey, you're going to be at the game or you're going to be watching it. I think that I would look maybe look at a puck line for Tampa Bay, minus one and a half, because this Blue Jackets defense is, is a real mess. And obviously Tampa Bay is a team that, look, if they win this game, they'll probably do it by more than one goal, uh, especially because the goaltending situation in Columbus is a little bit of a wreck right now as well. So it's probably a pass for me, but I, I would never judge anybody for squaring out and backing Tampa Bay when you're throwing them in a parlay or, like I said, the minus one and a half puck line. Do you have anything for these two? Yeah, so you mentioned um, the Columbus goaltending. Elvis uh, um, Merzlikin's status should be monitored. He didn't practice on Monday, so so we'll need some more information there. Um, Wierenski also tested positive, uh, so we'll have to wait to see if there is any more positives that pop up for Columbus. We have touched on this before. The Jackets are fully an over team now. They continue to give up a lot defensively, but they're starting to generate on offense as well. I don't think it's a given that Vasilevsky starts here uh, since he didn't look like himself on Sunday and has stated that... Uh, it might take him a few more days to get back to normal after the long layoff. In a Corpusalo Elliott matchup, I would be looking at the over here. If we don't get that exact matchup, I'll be passing the game. Andre Vasilevsky was asked uh, by someone in the media if he was watching hockey while he was out with COVID. And he said no, because he doesn't subscribe to ESPN Plus, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is hilarious. The probably the game of the night. Styles make fights. And this one's great. Calgary Flames, they're plus 115 traveling to Florida to take on the Panthers, minus 135. The over under here is set at six. The Flames, their defense has been great all season. I think we all kind of expected to see that from a Daryl Sutter team, but their offense has been generating uh, scoring chances at a pretty good clip. Seventh in expected goals for 11th in goals for at five on five, third in shot attempts for at five on five. So this is a complete team and they're taking on a Florida team that will challenge this defense, uh, this stalwart defense for Calgary. The Panthers are first in basically every underlying metric we look at in terms of offense at five on five, and they've just been dominant at home, 17 and three at FLA Live Arena, whatever the hell that means. But they do give up some scoring chances. So I actually think Calgary, if this number ticks up, it did open at plus 110 and has already moved up a little bit. If we get plus 120 on the Flames, I definitely would be interested. What about you? Yeah, um, I do have a couple of notes on this game here. Um, the Panthers, again, we're back to the COVID situation. They had some positives today, so we need to um, we need to keep an eye on that for Tuesday. 
You mentioned the Flames playing in high scoring affairs. They have been generating a lot. Um, the only kind of caveat I would fa- I would say here is that they have faced a weaker goaltending, right? So um, against the Kraken, which isn't surprising since they've had weak goaltending all season, but also against the Blackhawks, who were um, who were playing a goalie playing in, in his second career game. Um, assuming Bobrovsky and Ned here, this would be a step up. If we can get Bob against Markstrom, I think there may be some value on the under, if especially if we can get a plus money six and if the Panthers COVID situation does worsen I think it would open up some value on the Flames as well so for now I'm sitting tight waiting for more um, clarity on the Panthers roster a 7 30 p.m start in Detroit Little Caesars Arena Pizza Pizza San Jose Sharks minus 110 Detroit Red Wings minus 110 the over under here is set at six two teams that uh, had surprising starts Looked like, hey, they could hang around the playoff picture for a while. Now we're starting to see reality start to set in. The Red Wings were bounced out of a playoff spot for the first time in a while by the Bruins the other night in a blowout. Uh, And their numbers, their underlying metrics just aren't that strong. And we knew that this was coming uh, for this team. Uh, San Jose, though, I just don't know if they're the type of team that will continue this downward trend for Detroit. I view these teams as pretty close to equal. And with Detroit at home, I don't really mind laying minus 110, minus 120 on the wings here. So I'm going to back. Detroit, as long as Alex Zdelkovich gets the nod and goal. And it does beg mentioning that our man, Jason, AKA James Reimer, he is, he's been struggling <laughs> lately for the Sharks. So uh, his magical season has started to trickle back down to earth. So as long as Zdelkovich starts for Detroit, I, I like the wings here. What about you? Uh, not much happening for me here. Um, the one one thing I do have in my notes here is that um, the Sharks, um, after being an under team most of the season, they are starting to reel defensively now. Bob Bugner um, mentioned that he will be making some personnel changes. So I am interested to see what comes of that. So I'm, I'll be waiting to see if what that looks like for the Sharks. I was uh, really excited about Bugner early in the year. I had him 100-1 to to win Jack Adams in the way they started the season. Thought I had a chance, but now it's looking like it's Daryl Sutter or Bust for me in that market. I'm sure it won't be a heartbreaker when the award ceremonies come around in June. Uh, All right. 8.30 p.m. puck drop between the Colorado Avalanche traveling to Chicago. Colorado, as you'd expect, massive favorites, minus 230. Chicago Blackhawks plus 185. The over-under here is set at 6. Neither... Of these teams has had great goaltending all season, but right now the Blackhawk situation is is really messy. Yeah, like you said, we we saw somebody make his NHL debut for them the other night. Colin Delia is back in the NHL. Forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, Darcy Kemper has kind of struggled uh, for the Avalanche in his first go around with them. No way, I'm laying minus two thirty, but it does kind of have all the hallmarks of a, an Avalanche blowout here. Although the Blackhawks have started to come back down to earth under Derek King, but their defensive numbers are better than where I thought they would have been this season. They're 12th in expected goals against, so at least that's a step in the right direction. Uh, but it's this one's a pass for me. Yeah, I'll be I'll be passing as well. Um, I think that before playing this game, um, one thing to keep in mind is that the Avs played the Ducks recently, who may be going through a COVID situation right now. So we need to um, wait until the Avs testing comes in on Tuesday. Um, other than that, I think there's an outside chance that Flurry might be back in goal. Although I think that they probably want to get him another practice. But if it's not Flurry, then I I don't have any interest in this game. Uh, we usually just stick to the games on this podcast, but the, you you just mentioned him, and I just want to bring it up. Mark Andre Flurry. Let's say he does get traded. He is on an expiring contract. 
and the trade deadline is looming in a couple months. Teams like Edmonton could use a, a better goaltender. Uh, so he's coming off of a Vezina season last year and now struggled to start this year, started to pick his game back up. But I just want to know where you have him kind of in your goalie rankings. As we always talk about on the show, goaltending is really tough to project. But would you see him as a massive improvement over someone like, you know, Mike Smith or like, you know, those kind of league average below average goaltenders right now? So I will preface my comments by saying that uh, one thing that I have learned over the last few years is that I don't bet against Marc-Andre Fleury. There's been many times over the last five to seven years where I felt that he is on the decline in his career and he's um, he's been resurgent and he's just proven me wrong. Um, I expected again when this season started that, okay, this might be the end. And here we go again with him, um, just bring it back up. So the question, is he an upgrade over someone like Mike Smith? Absolutely. I think that he can... Um, step into a lot of situations um, on teams that are kind of struggling with goaltending or have unproven goaltending. And I think that he would be an immediate upgrade. Um, A team like Colorado, whereas Kemper is not terrible he does have stretches where he puts together below average games and there's a lot of there's a lot of inconsistency there in his game I think that behind that defense Flurry would actually excel behind Edmonton's defense I'm not sure but he would be an upgrade over over Mike Smith and and of course obviously over Koskinen yeah it'll be interesting to see where he goes you know Pittsburgh Boston Colorado Edmonton they all come to mind right now but yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts there uh, as better start to maybe think about a future going towards the trade deadline if, if his name does start to pop up because we are getting into a silly season. With that, we'll uh, move on to top shelf bets, the portion of our program where we will give out our favorite bet for Tuesday, January 4th. I will let you start with this one. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. For my best bet, I'm going to Anaheim. We touched on the potential COVID situation there. Carter Hart is back from COVID protocol. I do expect him to start. All the indications are the Flyers camp is that he will be in goal. They are, tr- the Flyers, um, that is, they are trending poorly again defensively um, lately, but they're also generating better on offense as well. I'm still higher than the market on the Flyers. Um, and as they continue to get back to full strength, I think that they will um, start generating more consistent positive results. Um, we've touched on the Ducks. I'm not as high as market on the ducks i do expect them to start um, declining here a bit so i will be on the on the flyers yeah i'm with you i think uh, philadelphia right now they're very slight underdogs as we record this uh, monday night but i wouldn't be surprised if this line maybe flips a little bit as the ducks covid situation becomes a little more clear but i like philadelphia on the road on tuesday as well Um, my favorite underdog i like nashville again They're plus 130 traveling to Vegas, who are minus 160. The over-under here is five and a half. A 10 p.m. puck drop. The Predators are a solid defensive team. They've got a good goaltender. Uh, They're getting guys back, important guys back. And the Knights are going to be without Max Petri for a while. Mark Stone has been in and out of the lineup. So I just think with the Predators defense and the Knights offense missing possibly two key components, that the number here is pretty good on Nashville. So I'll take a shot on the Preds at plus 130. I always like backing these good defensive teams because they will be able to, as underdogs, because they'll be able to drag these games longer uh, and turn them into coin flips. And that's what I'm expecting out of Nashville on Tuesday night. Do you have anything for Nashville and Vegas? I will probably pass on this game. I do have some interest on the on the over here. I know that... Um... They've mentioned today that uh, Leonard is going to be uh, doubtful for tomorrow. Um, so assuming that Brassois is in net, 
and if it's not Soros, I will be looking at the at the over. Um, we have mentioned previously that the Preds have they fully transitioned into an over team now. Um, Soros keeps them in games, but they give up a lot of chances there. So if it's not Soros, then I will be on the over. If it is Soros, then I will be passing on this game. All right. Uh, with that, another episode of Line Changes in the books uh, for So Money Sports. I'm Michael Leboff, and we wish you all the best of luck on Tuesday, January 4th with your uh, with your hockey bets.